It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the most watched show in junior hockey. Today, two-thirds of the podcast, um, staying inside for this one as much as, and you know what? We both had big plans, both myself and our guests. We were running a marathon today. We talked about it. The off-season fitness is in full swing. We were going for the 26.2 marathon speed record. We were going to be in the Guinness Book and the whole thing, but now we've decided that that's not a good idea. Instead, we're going to record a podcast. Before we bring in our guest, I'm going to bring in a man right now. You know, you've heard of the band Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, but right now on camera, he kind of looks more like a black jumpsuit apparatus, really going for his... uh, his assassin look, one step this, away from a tactile neck. This is, I can't talk yet. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I broke the rules. Broke Go the ahead. Rule. Keep going. Keep going. Broke the rule. Uh, Dan, um, what's what's going on? I don't think I've ever seen you wear that shirt before. Well, here's the thing. You have. You <laughs> have. have. I? For the folks at home who don't know, Lucas and I have known each other since the seventh grade, okay? And Dan Kay's back on his workout regimen. And what did he turn up while going through his old stuff? <sighs> But yes. Southern Regional High School Baseball. Look at that. From his varsity days. And it looks loose on you. Ba- and it fits. And it's okay. I'm sweating a bit. It's Florida and the sleeves might be a bit much, but that's okay. I'm getting ready to jump on a plane right after this interview. I'm jumping on a plane out to Oceanside, California, where apparently it's 50 degrees right now. It's pretty cold, so I have to put some sleeves on. I'm going from Florida to Oceanside. 50 degrees to me right now is probably like sub-zero temps for you boys up there in the Northeast. And we got to talk about these guys up in the Northeast because our guest today, Lucas, this is, I'm trying to think of how to equivalent him. This is the the, the mastermind behind one, one wagon moving to another wagon here. I've watched this guy in a draft room before. We had, we, it was a non-disclosure. We couldn't disclose anything that was happening in the room, but we've watched this man at work in a draft room, moving, shaking, and operating. Now he moves over with a guy who I said in, in Ray Welsh, I said he should have been the guy they brought in to start the Kraken. I said they would have gotten out of the gates a lot faster. This is Nick Perry. Now with the Wilkes wagon, this guy is an absolute mastermind. That is the rule right now. That is the word we are using What's going on, sir? I called you coach when we came and we've been talking with coaches. I like talking to GM. We got the brains of the operation. Forget about the guys behind the bench in the suits. This is the guy doing the real work. That's right. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you guys taking the time. I'm, I'm excited to discuss the uh, the program here. Obviously, it's uh, still a little new, still a little fresh, but I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Now, talk about it. I mean, it's tough enough to come into a new organization as a coach, right? But you kind of have the ability to step behind the bench and put your lines together, move and shake, and really affect the game as it's happening. As a GM, you're you're a little bit backed away from it, right? You have to piece it together for coach and kind of let that go play. What does that look like? What does the starting point look like for a GM's journey? Yeah, I, I think, you know, first things first, obviously, you, you sit down with the staff that's in place. Um, you discuss where are things at, you know, from last year, who's returning, how do tenders, draft picks look? Um, and then you discuss the direction you want to move in. And I think for us right off the bat, we really all had a common goal. You know, I think we we want to be a good, quick, competitive, uh, exciting, young team. And when you have a goal, when you have an idea, when you have a plan, that makes 
my job a lot easier because then we know what type of players we're looking for. Uh, when you don't have a plan, then everything's obviously scatterbrained and you're looking here or there for the answers. But we have a plan in place. And like I said, that makes my job a million times easier when I'm talking to agents or, or midget coaches or even coaches in the league for, for trades or, or transactions. I know what we want. I know what we need. Um, so right now it's just uh, making the calls and, and, and getting the players. Um, and then once you start piecing things together, it becomes a relationship. You know, it's almost I like the, the phrase as, you know, obviously pitchers and catchers in baseball, it's a battery, you know, myself and our head coach need to be a battery in our, in, in our own likes where, you know, he can feed off me and I can feed off him and, and we can figure out the right way to make this work and put together a competitive team, uh, an exciting team and, and a team where, you know, colleges and, and, you know, upper level teams are going to want to come watch us. Uh, but on top of that, where we can be competitive and, and compete for, for a championship. And now for, for the folks who really don't dive deep into the details of, of general managerial work in professional sports or beyond, it's a hard job, right? It's hard enough at the NHL level to evaluate talent and not be wrong. At the mm -hmm. NHL level, though, you're looking at six, seven selections, maybe in a, a, a busy year, you made a bunch of trades, you got a dozen selections, yeah. and you got a hit on 30% of them. You talk about this level, technically you could go 70 rounds in a draft 100%. at this level in tier two, right? <laughs> like we were sitting in a draft room with you in Jersey just a year yeah. ago, and, and you could go forever with these draft lists. How do you put this together? How do you evaluate talent at this at this level of the game? And is it? do you think it's harder than doing it at the NHL level is easier? I think it's harder, but what, what do you think? I, I think it depends, again, I, I feel comfortable and confident in, in the way I, I do things. I feel like I have the experience and I've worked with some really great people who have shown me the ropes too. And I think if you have a plan in place starting in September, you know, for me, I say scouting starts in September. You know, you can't start in the second half of the year. You certainly can't start in the summer because you have to tender, you have to draft. Uh, it really comes down to knowing your market. And when I say knowing your market, it means understanding the different regions, the different districts in the United States, understanding the leagues in Canada and Europe that you can potentially draft or recruit from. So for me, you know, I, I hit the ball running, you know, I hit the ball rolling in, uh, in the Labor Day weekend. That's the first event I go to. And then from there, I'm, I'm out on the road three to four times a month. Um, all across the United States, leaking into Canada a bit when I can get up there, um, scouting these players, watching these players at all levels from, you know, obviously U15 is the youngest that we can draft, uh, but we can tender all the way through to, you know, other junior leagues in Canada. We can tender up to, you know, players who are 19, 18, 19 years old. So it's a lot of work. But again, if you have a plan in place and you're able to create a market for yourself by watching hockey nonstop throughout the year, it makes the decisions a lot easier. When when your market is just a small pool of players, if you only know the players in your backyard, it, it becomes really difficult to make those decisions. I think it's important to understand what the hockey looks like everywhere, um, because if you know everyone, then, you know, you're able to choose, pick and choose what makes sense for you and what makes sense for your staff and your team. Um, it's definitely difficult because it's not a perfect science. Like, players, player development is hit or miss, you know, a 15 year old might get better or they might not. But again, if you trust your own knowledge, if you trust yourself and you, you understand, again, I keep saying, I keep using the phrase, you know, market, but that's the truth. If you know the market, you can make the right selections and you can trust that those are the players who are going to fit 
in a role in your organization someday. Um, it all just comes down to the work and and utilizing contacts along the way too. And, and you love, I loved watching you on draft day, kind of going through the list. We already knew, and, and Coach Timmy Kale listened back to this and yell at me, but we knew who his first overall pick was because we're the media guys, right? <clears throat> yeah. And it wasn't going to affect his pick. You guys couldn't jump him in line. So we let you know who it was and watched you immediately go, thought so. Yeah. But you had him one <laughs> on your list too. Just shows the intelligence in the room. Talk to me, though. We always talk to players about why players and and parents should select an organization, right? But I feel like an interesting view is for you to make this move to Wilkes, right? There had to be something that sold you or something you saw in this organization, something you saw in this building, this opportunity. What was it for you? Like, what sold you? It starts with with Jody and Ray. Obviously, you know them. They put so much time and effort into this. Um you just want to have success for them because they care so much and, and it's, they don't just care about one team. They care from top to bottom, you know, obviously. And that's something that drew me here is obviously we have competitive premier and elite teams year in, year out. The NCDC program is still in, a, in its you know infancy. Obviously now we have a plan in place that we want to, you know, execute on, but they always are good at premier and elite. Um, now we're building an academy, you know, a, a, with an academy U18 team this year. And then in the future, we'll add U16. So really just having, uh, I mean, I guess we'll call it a kingdom because we're the, we're the Knights, but, you know, a real true empire of hockey programs that starts at, you have the tier two, then you have the tier three, uh, then you have U18 academy, then you have U16 academy. To me, if it's done the right way and we're going to do it the right way, those players are all going to have opportunities to play at the tier two level. And that's how you want it to be. Um, being able to have premier players who can go back and forth, that's very rare as we've seen, but we we can do that. And we're going to give players opportunities. Now having the U18 Academy and, and soon a U16 Academy, those players are going to get opportunities. And obviously, like I've said, we are more than willing to give young players a chance at the tier two level. Um, I think that's a huge selling point. And I think that it's something that, can make us competitive at all levels from NCDC down to U16 within the next year. Um, because again, it, it's, it's a plan that's in place. And then we have Jody and Ray who are extremely committed to this. Um, you know, they want this to be successful. They care so much. And that just m- makes it an easy, easy decision for me and, and easy to, to work hard and, and want to have success myself. Um, you know, I, I think what drew me here is just that commitment and the fact that they have a plan and and I really like that plan you know I think I think we you should go about things that way you should want to go about things that way where a premier kid can get called up any given weekend a U18 kid can get called up any given weekend that's opportunity that's what kids want to see that's what families want to see um that's what schools agents you know teams that's that's what they want to see they want to see young players having having opportunities and we we provide that now I'll tell you what for the folks at home who don't know the Welsh family well you want to know how much they care we're we go to nationals right every year and it's seven straight days of just me screaming into a microphone while <laughs> lucas fixes equipment all over the country and it makes things work and we're exhausted by the last couple of days they brought us honey for the voices and cookies day six they walk over they, they check on us they made sure we were okay they said yeah. you guys are working so hard i'm like if you guys if for the fo- for anybody at home listening you think that we're biased we're not until you bring us honey and cookies then you're our favorite <laughs> team I, I learned from charlie dowd i always i always reference him he, he was a vp up in the bridgeport sound tiger organization he said i'm a fan of the team who pays me next and that is always important to remember for you young aspiring broadcasters but 
I, on top of that, though, you talked about the, the importance of the system, right? Yes. Ray was there as their elite team takes the ice, as this Wilkes wagon, as we called it, takes the ice in the championship <clears throat> game. And you couldn't, I couldn't have told the difference if that was the Stanley Cup on the line, if that was NCDC Premier Elite 16U, that could have been any level. It was the emblem on the chest and the guys wearing that emblem that he cared about. Yes. You, you love to see that in the organization. And Jody is the same way. I mean, yeah. those guys, pump, the money they have pumped into this organization to build it is so fun to see. Uh, absolutely. And, and you nailed it. It's really, it's the logo that matters. Um, we want to be competitive top to bottom, but we also want these kids, regardless of the division they're playing at, enjoying their experience and they want it to be something and we all want it to be something that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. You know, we provide so much when it comes to player development, but then also some of the off ice things that, that they do, these players are going to make lifelong friendships and relationships. And it really just comes down to wanting these players to have an experience um, that they're never going to forget. Um, you know, I, I've worked with Ray in the past. I, I worked with him in Binghamton six or seven years ago um, when he had the junior senators in in a different league. And um that also drew me because I just know how committed he is to this and how much, you know, he cares for these guys and he cares for the program. And you, you nailed it. It doesn't matter the level. If they're wearing the night, it, it, we care. We want them to do well. We want them to succeed. We want to see them move on to college. We want to see them have great, successful lives. Um, and that's important because that's also what keeps people coming back is now, you know, little Jimmy has a great experience. He goes back home to California and says, Hey, you got to go travel out east to play for the Knights because this, this, and this, and they care so much and they provide this and this. It, it's it's what makes it special and it really, truly is what makes it unique. And that's the biggest tagline I've had with players, agents, uh, families so far is just how unique the experience is here. It's not just a hockey experience, it's a life experience, and that's incredibly important. Before we, before I ask you a question about, you know, the NCDC, I did want to, listening to you talk about that reminded me of Nationals, where, you know, for the last three, four months, maybe three months of the season, I was calling the Junior Canes, you know, the best elite team of all time, right? And I ran into the Knights elite parents, and they, we had such a fun time. They were kind of chirping me. I, they they made me take a picture with some of the flags and stuff like that. They were fake interviewing me about how every night's win, every time that team would have a stellar game, right? They would, you know, come up and talk to me about that. So I, I feel like I feel like the culture in Wilkes-Barre yes. is just so incredible. Yes. It starts from the top, right? It, it goes through the coaches, comes down through the staff that's there. And it, it really is just infectious. And when you talk about drafting, you know, when you talk about drafting, signing, scouting the right people, you know, we had another coach on one, on a summer session podcast that almost that did reference the parents directly, wanting to meet parents, wanting to get involved with that. Because when you when you sign the right people, you end up with a fan base that and of course, they're from the Northeast. So there's going to be that little Northeast aggressiveness that I always yeah. love, right, as a yeah. Jersey guy. But just so much fun spending time with the parents at Nationals and, and what a great team that was. But for the NCDC, one of the things that I think has been so interesting has been to get everyone's perspective on this younger shift, right? Yeah. And when we say younger shift, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's right off a cliff. It's not yeah. like this year we decided to only go young it's been a shift that's been gradually happening for the last couple of years but from your experience now that there is kind of this very very open idea 
that we want the NCDC to, to be as young as, as possible. Yeah. Does it change your method when looking for players now that you're looking for players that are more potential rather than, you know, already a little more developed when they're 19 or 20? I think, I think yes and no. Um, when I say yes, I just think you have to make sure because we want to give opportunities to young players, but you also don't want to overwhelm well, overwhelm them, right? So you have to find the right ones. That's another piece to that. So that's the yes, but also no, because I think anytime you go out and, and you're watching games, you want to make sure you're watching every level, right? And, and at the end of the day, you're taking the best players available, whether they're 17 or whether they're 20, you want the best players. Um, I think the only things that really change is how you plan for those young players, because you have to remember, you know, this is just the honest truth. And I think anybody who's worked in this business knows it. The young players are going to have a transition period, right? It might take one month. It might take three. But if you're doing things the right way, you're treating them the right way, you're giving them the right opportunities um, and the trainings there. By the time you hit December, January, those players are on a roll. And I'll reference, I mean, look at South Shore. They had several young players this year. You know, their start was up and down, but then they made it to the finals. Why? Because those players develop and get better. Um, you know, two years ago, you had the Rocket Hockey Club who had so many young players. And again, they they made it to the semifinals. We're a game away from getting to the finals. These players, they get better over time. They if they they learn. You just have to give them time to do it. Um for me, the younger model and trending younger, like you said, it, it, it's it's almost bound to happen just because you have to find a niche. And I think that if our league finds that niche of those good young players, now we're starting to draw those colleges in. Now we're starting to create relationships with, you know, leagues like the USHL. Um, maybe we have a draft pick here or there. Um, but just finding that niche now draws these families, these players, these you know programs to us. And now they want to send us their players because they see that we're taking care of these young players. We're giving them opportunities. We're not just throwing them in for a week and then saying, oh, didn't do it. You know, you're out. No, we're taking these young kids saying, hey, we will take care of you. We will develop you. We'll give you that opportunity to learn, to grow, to struggle. But you will get there. Um, so when you ask, does it change? A plan, I think it all depends on what your plan is to start with. You know, here, our plan to start is we want to go young. So for me, I'm familiar with with the market of young players. Uh, we have some good draft picks already in-house who can make the jump next year. Um, now it's just coordinating with some other potential players who can do it. Um, finding, again, the right guys, because you don't want to force anybody. You, wanna, you don't want to rush anybody. Um, but also understanding, even with those right guys, they could be... Division one committed already. They could be NHL draft prospects. It's still an adjustment. They're leaving home. They're leaving their families. They're 16, 17, 18 years old. They're still in school. Uh, you have to realize and understand this, and you have to, you know, be fair and realize, hey, they're not going to score us 20 goals in September. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> just going to happen, but it's, hey, all right, September wasn't your month. October, we'll take a step. November, we'll take a step. December, you're going to be the guy. You know, you're, you're going to be ready to rock and roll. So I think for the planning purpose, it's more so just having that understanding that, hey, we want these young guys. It's in the plan because it's in our plan, but we're not going to rush it and we're not going to just expect things to be okay because we have all these good young players. We're going to have to give them time to grow. So I think it's more so uh, planning how you're going to work with them and developing them than it is necessarily the the recruiting portion and, and, and the scouting portion. Well, and part of that development is having, having everything in house, right? Yes. So we talked about your, your youth 
the assets that you have in the youth program, right? Yeah. Younger teams, the ability to develop players in-house. That comes from the coaches, yes. right? That comes from the overall plan. But you also have some pretty incredible facilities that you have access to. And, and I remember year one at the Revolution Ice Center, and you look at what the Knights have transformed revolution into, right? You don't want to say revolution has changed. <clears throat> the Knights have transformed <laughs> yeah. Revolution Ice Center into a premier two-sheet facility yes. over the course of a couple of years. So just talk about what you can offer these players. Let's say they come into your program when they're 16. If they want to spend four years, they're going to get some pretty cool stuff along the way. Uh, absolutely. And again, this just goes to the, the, the amount that Jody and Ray have put into it. I, I've known this rink for forever <laughs> you know and it, it it keeps changing and looking better and better every day i step into the rink um and the nice thing is every team in our organization gets to use these facilities whether it's ncdc premier elite u18 u16 you know these amenities are for everybody to use so obviously we skate twice a day um we do a skill session to practice and then we have you know one guaranteed workout per day so our, our facilities you know obviously we have two sheets uh, a pro shop and then upstairs above the rink we have a phenomenal gym you know fully functioning it's got all the equipment that you can need and more all the weights you can need and more um we have a turf field uh, we have video rooms. Um, you know, we're going to be doing plenty of video, plenty of analytics work, you know, just providing as much as we can to these players to learn about themselves and develop. And then we have a nice like skills station is what I call it, you know, kind of in the far corner of the rink. I, uh, there's like a power skating machine, shooting machine, stick handling machine. Um, and these are the players can use these when they need to. You know, there's just so much there. That's what I tell players is when you come here, the development you get is really what you put into it. We guarantee you two skates a day in a workout and film. Uh, if you want to do more, you have the option to do more. And as we know, these players want to do more um, and we provide it to them. They have the opportunity to do this and continue to improve and grow. And that is so unique because not everybody can offer that. And and our facilities are new. You know, everything we have there is new. Um, it's fresh and and. It's, it's great for these players to have that. And then on top of that, you have the fact that we're building these dorms, you know, right off campus where we have the rooms for every single player. Um, we're going to have chefs cooking for the players. We'll have RAs and, and coaches on campus, uh, lounges, you know, game rooms, um, a classroom, you know, for these players who are in school, which obviously a lot of them will be. We have an area section off where these players can go sit down, do their work, you know, and obviously that's, you know, calming to the parents who want to make sure that they have that these you know players have a place to go and be alone for a little bit and do their work we have those classrooms uh cafeteria and then outside you know my understanding is we're putting in a, a basketball court and a turf field so now another turf field all right you're you're home from from the rink you want to go do some more work go do some more work um it is such a unique experience here um I, I coin it as a player's paradise because let's let's face it, you know, if we were all still playing, this is what we'd want. You know, oh, I can do hockey 24-7 and, and be able yeah. to develop and use all this ice and use the gym and then go home to, to a dorm that's, you know, right down the street from the rink and be able to do more work, you know, and do my schoolwork and then just hang out for the night with, with my friends, with my teammates in, in a nice, safe environment. Um it's it's second to none um it, it really is like the facilities are phenomenal they're gorgeous and and they're new and again jody and ray put so much into them that you know they're always going to look that way they're always going to be fresh and they're always going to be something that parents and players are going to be impressed by and, and want to use um 
but it just plays into that development because it's a comfortable situation for these players. They can trust that they're going to be okay. They can trust that they're going to be around their friends, their teammates, and have a good time, but they can also trust that we're going to provide them what they need to do the work. All they need to do is do the work. You know, they just want, you know, are going to have to want to put in the effort because like I said, and I tell every player and family this, the development you get here is what you put into it. We provide you this, this, and this. You have more time on top of that if you want. It's all up to you. You know, put in the work, and there's no reason why you can't improve each and every week. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you know about the wolf spiders, but uh, <laughs> when they, so the, the, for the folks at home who don't know this story, this was one from Ray. When they put this all together, they, they were taking over buildings that hadn't been, been lived in for a bit. And they found that one of the doors had been left ajar. So Spider looks at that and goes, man, I'm used to living in a web outside. I've got all this paradise to go. Yep. And I hear the <laughs> chef in here eventually. So when the humans moved in, the wolf spiders didn't really want to go for a bit at the beginning. <laughs> so Ray had Ray was in there hunting down wolf yep. spiders during Lucas and I's first visit. And he goes, I promise you, next time you are here, no more spiders. All gone. All gone. Oh, <laughs> and yes. they're gone now. <laughs> they are gone. If you've yes. if you've ever seen if you've ever seen Predator when he when he puts the when Arnold puts the mud <laughs> under his eyes, that was essentially Ray going after the wolf spiders. And I, I will say this, Dan, before I shoot it back over to you is that one of the other amenities so we've obviously talked about for a hockey player all the amenities that are at that and it sounds sounds phenomenal uh we obviously we're going to be coming back this year and we'll have to bring a basketball dan we'll have to finally get that uh <laughs> we'll have to get that going but i will say this as you drive up to revolution at the bottom of the hill there is a coffee shop that is legit it is yes. phenomenal <laughs> coffee. It is right at the bottom of the hill. And yeah. if you guys could find a way to get like a little satellite coffee shop, like move just up the road and put it right in revolution, right. <laughs> that would be that would be a broadcaster's paradise right there. For sure. For sure. And I I know I know the coffee shop you're talking about. It's and it's right down the street. Nice and easy, nice and convenient. Good coffee and and uh Makes it a lot easier for all of us in the mornings. You could hear the jersey when you, Did you hear that. Coffee, yes, you hear that? Yeah. I get that down here all the time. I, I do a pretty good job of sounding like a weird mix of Florida and Minnesota when I'm down here around other people. And then I get my jersey comes out. If someone brings up coffee or pizza, I'm like, "We're talking coffee right now." Hold on, one second. Dan's okay, adopted a transatlantic accent to try to fit in down in Florida. <laughs> let's have a little bit of coffee. Let's sit down. Okay, we'll have a little bruschetta. We'll have a good time. But Guys, I got to get into the game show portion of this right now, okay? We've talked little spiders. We've talked all of it. Dan Hodge, the leader in the clubhouse for the NCDC at 12. Tristan Jensen, 14, the leader in the Premier League clubhouse. Technically, you could be the leader in the GM clubhouse. You're the first awesome. GM of the offseason, of the summer sessions. Just personal questions. Nothing crazy. Yeah, you yeah. set a minute on the clock. Lucas, will you be making yourself disappear here as I take over? Yes, I will. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go when you're ready to go, Lucas. Lucas disappearing. Dan K has the clock ready to go. Minor chats, one minute on the clock. 12 is the score to beat 14 for the overall. Three, two, one, go. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite sports team? Uh, Cleveland Guardians. Ooh, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what food would you want to eat? Chicken parm. Ooh, other than uh, Tay Swift, what's your favorite song with Tay Swift? Ooh. I don't know any. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Other than Tay Swift, who's your favorite musician or band? Uh, I don't mind Eminem. 
Uh, favorite hockey player of all time? Marion Gabbert. If we're rolling out, are you going to a diner, drive-in, or dive? Uh, diner. Uh, what's your favorite amphibian? Amphibian. <laughs> Don't know what an amphibian is. That's okay. At a barbecue, <laughs> hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Uh, sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. What's your favorite season of the year? Winter. Uh, favorite TV show of all time? Uh, the Office. Uh, who's a USPHL coach you love? We'll go uh, Ray Welsh. Oh, I like that one. High scoring win or high scoring shutout? Or shutout uh, win. Sh- shutout win. Ooh, I like that. Okay. If I put you on a golf course right now, what score are you going to shoot? Uh, 120. <laughs> Ice cream cake or birthday cake or neither? Ice cream cake. Last question. Uh, I have a million dollars here. Do you want it? Sure. Ah, that was too late. You were just late on the last question. That was 101. You answered. Lucas, we have gone through so many rounds of this show, but no, unable to get it. What I will tell you, Nick, your final score tying you for the overall lead was 14 (laughs) correct answers. If you knew a Tay Swift song, you would be winning right now. <laughs> ah. though, it teaches us all we should listen to a little bit more of Tay Swift at yes. home. Don't pay for those Eros tickets. That's insane. It's expensive. <laughs> We're not kings, okay? We're knights. That's it. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> Lucas will bring you back in now. That was a great performance, Coach. And I do got to bring – I got to bring up this. The two most interesting answers so far, Cleveland Guardians as yes. the favorite team. I like that pick. And the other one – Marion Gabrick. Yes. I was a huge Gabby guy with the Rangers yes. back in the day. Is that was it yes. a Rangers Gabby that you loved or so if you remember Marion Gabrick had a five goal game when he was on the wild against the New York Rangers. And I was watching the game. Um I always had an obsession with Slovakia, Czech Republic, just as a kid. Always wanted to go out there. Found out Marion, you know, Gabby was Slovakian. Uh, obviously, who doesn't like a good goal scorer, especially with the size that he had, the skating, the shooting. Scrum, Storm scored the five-goal game, and I'll tell you, from that point on, I think he became a free agent the very next year. And from the moment he did that, I wanted him on the Rangers. When they got him, I was through the roof, got his jersey, went to a couple of Ranger games that, that year. He scored goals in all the games I went to. I just think that what he was, you know, take away the injuries. If that doesn't happen, he just was such a prolific goal scorer. Um and also played the game the right way. He won a Stanley Cup, or possibly two, if I remember correctly, with with Los Angeles. And just a uh, fun player to watch. Exciting player to watch. Oh, and him with Anisimov back in the day. I still oh, yes. remember when they did the, the Road to the Winter Classic. Yes. And Anisimov did a little sniper shot at yeah. the center and got tossed <laughs> on the yeah. And just looking at Gabrick walking into the locker room, shaking his head at him, like, what, what were you thinking? Oh, that was, <laughs> I don't know. Yes. That was, in fact, that was, of course, uh, one of the one of the one of the go-to moments. Who was that against? Uh, Tampa was it? There's I think it was Tampa. Or... Yeah, and yeah. he just literally yeah. turns and goes sniper at him, and they're like, "You can't." And that was on the um, that was on the twenty-four-seven uh, that year, whatever it was. Road to the. Uh... I think that was the the year when they had the the flyers in the winter at a uh, at Citizens yes. Bank, and they had yes. the, the the Yager salute. It was the goal. Yeah, that was for sure. Uh, for that, sure. was, that was a good year. That was that was a fun one. It's. Uh, but you look at it, Gabbert, great choice, and then the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. So, so how how did the love of uh of the, the this squad come together for you? Yeah, and first, uh, Frog is my favorite amphibian. Don't wanna don't wanna act like I don't know an amphibian. You got an amphibian right. That's actually that's helpful. <laughs> yes. I, where that question came from? Took me I'm... a second. Took me a second. <laughs> Very on the spot. Um, uh, so Cleveland Guardians. Um, 
a big I was a big you know baseball player and currently a baseball fan uh Victor Martinez was my favorite catcher I was a catcher um Victor Martinez obviously was a longtime Cleveland Indian nope. then moved over to Detroit I want to say but hated him there. stuck with me and <laughs> hated him there is, too. you know <laughs> hated Victor Martinez in Detroit yeah. loving in Cleveland absolutely <laughs> despised the man in Detroit yes so that that's where that's where it comes from uh so Cleveland Guardians you know every, everybody asks the question and that's the true True, honest answer is uh, I wasn't my sure favorite it was player. Be like major league, right? Like, because a lot of guys—that's what a lot of people think. Yeah. yeah, like major league. You watched it. You saw Rick the Wild Thing yeah. Vaughn coming out. And yeah. Lucas, do you know that? Do you know the interesting fun fact about Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn coming out there at the end of the game? What did I that do, spark? I do not. Uh, so that sparked every closer having a walkout song always at all. Really? Really? So that's that the idea of the wild thing playing that in 1989. That's sort of the trend of walkout music and really starting to kind of uh, glorify the closer role a little bit more. Because the closer, mm -hmm. it always was there, but but that the the pomp and circumstance really yeah. So up we we would have never had Enter Sandman without the Major League franchise. Without Rick the Wild Thing, well, you probably would have eventually gotten there. Music was making its way into baseball already. I mean, music existed. There were music had been a thing for quite some time at that music point. Music was around. I mean, we're, it's slightly after Beethoven that, that Wild Thing came out of the, of the bullpen. But that was the big spark for everybody getting into the trend of having one. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting, and I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you and that's you know that was a big part of the big part of the movie. Well, back to hockey, guys. Let me get back to hockey before we close this thing out and let you get back on your way. And Dan K goes and jumps into a plane and flies out the oceanside <laughs> California and shivers like a chihuahua on a small jacket. <laughs> Coach, our GM, everything in the back here, Nick. We talked to you. This Wilkes team this season. What is success at the NCDC level? How do you attribute success throughout the program? I mean, what's our barometer this year? What are you looking to accomplish as you take over this role? Absolutely. And it will start, you know, obviously when we want to build and establish our academy team and start to get that rolling. Uh, at Elite and Premier, obviously it's been a team that's made nationals two straight years, but obviously when it was with Elmira, it's three straight. We want to continue to have that trend um, of those you know, elite and, and premier teams making nationals, that would be the success. And hopefully having a couple of premier kids playing some NCDC games. And then at the NCDC level, um, we want to obviously be competitive. We want to compete to make playoffs and, and, you know, hopefully win. But we really want to put a strong focus on getting good young players in here, giving them the time to develop. And if we can move a couple on to the USHL, if we can get a few committed uh, to Division One schools, that would mean, you know, as much as anything. Um, so our, our goal is really to establish a good young team at NCDC, be competitive, you know, fight for that playoff spot, you know, fight to win a championship, but really put a focus on player development um, and, and player promotion. What position do you play when you play baseball? Catcher. I was going to, I should have guessed. I was going <laughs> to guess. And as a guy, I was a pitcher, as, as a guy who pitched, you know, if if you if someone said that I look like a catcher, I'd probably take it personally. If someone told you you look like a pitcher, you'd probably take that personally. And that's how a good battery works. Yes. That, yes. That's it. Hundred percent. But I guarantee you, you tell everybody in your life that you called every pitch and you need and and the pitcher had no clue what he was doing on of the mound. Of course. And I was the same way. I controlled every game on the mound. So of, of course. <laughs> a, a pitcher is just a computer. Until you type something, it's yes. just it's just expensive and pretty 
and that's it. <laughs> I, that's did, right. I did pitch my best when I never shook no, so maybe maybe I was wrong in the end. That's it. Hey, we always have the right answers. <laughs> I always my catchers would say, "Hey, I called a good game." I say, "No, I just you, I just, you. I, just I executed. You executed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I didn't want to deal with shaking you off. I didn't want to see a second sign. Yeah. Well, we we thank you for joining us, Nick. Thank We're gonna you get guys. to the parting words segment of the show here, Lucas. Your parting words today. I'm sure you've got some incredible, incredible parting words. You've had to do a couple of these shows without me because I had the tough job of golfing with some folks from Elite <laughs> Prospects yesterday while you did some of these. So I'm sure you got some parting words. Let's hear them. You know what's funny? Until oh, you whoa. hear the until you hear the podcast, you have no idea if I was silent or not. It'd actually be pretty cool if you did. <laughs> it'd be bad for our sponsors, but it'd be great for you. If we just ended the podcast with not not like not just ending the podcast, but ending the podcast with approximately four minutes of silence. <laughs> Makes sense. That just to leave it there. The amount of time I would be talking normally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I like that. So you have anything else, or is that just it? Is it just referencing not speaking? <laughs> yep, that's. I figured that was where he's going to go. Nick, your parting words for the folks watching around. Uh, what do you got for the folks here to close things out today? No, for me, really, it's just, you know, I, I want to thank uh, Jody Ray for the opportunity to be with the Knights, and I'm excited to get rolling here. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot of great things uh, going on, and I want to thank you guys for taking the time to, to speak with me. I'll tell you what, folks, Nick is a absolute workhorse. I saw that draft board when we walked into the room just a year ago, and it was this guy could have drafted for a thousand rounds he could have had 85 hockey teams built in a day it was absolutely fun to watch and i think my parting words this week keep battling right keep battling i think those are the two words and i think when you're a gm when you're a general manager i think nick more than most understand what lucas and i do travel wise right traveling the country being at every event being at every place where they freeze ice and they drop a puck you're there you're watching, you're attentive, you're paying attention. Be attentive in the moments while you're battling. To battle, if you just run into battle blindly, you might end up getting knocked down with a sword and a horse, right? We want to run into battle. We want to be attentive. We want to be a part of each moment. Put that cellular device away for a moment. Put that Instagram away for a moment. Lock down that TikTok for a little bit and keep battling all offseason. Whether that battle's your recuperation and that recuperation's on the beach or in a boat, or anywhere else in between, whether that uh, that battle that you have is hitting the gym and getting yourself ready, hitting the ice and trying to make a squad like the Wilkes Wagon, whatever that is, keep battling. Nick, we thank you for joining us, and we thank our sponsors, Remastered Sleep. If you want the, the rest of your life to be the restful way, then guess what? You go to Remastered Sleep. It's the water bottle of your dreams, 10% off at checkout. Dan Casio would check out if you got that person in your life that snores, or if you're the person that snores, Get the water bottle right now. It's a water bottle that helps you stop snoring. It strengthens the muscles that cause it. Uh, we also want to thank Body Trick, body-trick.com, all natural products to help you rebound all off season long. Hockey parents that knew how to make all natural products are absolutely great. GMU Sport, pump you up. I'm wearing my old high school baseball shirt, guys, okay? It's been over a decade since I played college ball, and I'm sitting here wearing a high school baseball shirt. This is what it's all about. GMU Sport. Go to them right now, gmusport.com. Pueblo Bulls, run with the Bulls. Run with them. Sprint. Run away from real Bulls. If you see <laughs> real Bull, don't be like Dan said, run with the Bulls. Don't do that. I do not, I'm not liable. Run with the Bulls if they're from Pueblo. Run away from the Bulls if they are live animals with big horns on their heads. When Dan Kay's on the mic, it's always hockey night. Nick Perry, the Wilkes Wagon's coming to a rink near you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.